Welcome in to the PFF NFL Daily. Today discussing Carson Wentz being traded from the Indianapolis Colts to the Washington Commanders. A pair of third-round picks are the trade. One of the thirds could become a second. They exchange second-round picks. But Sam, we t- touched on this a little bit on the main PFF NFL podcast, what it meant for Washington and what they're doing. But for both teams here, what are your initial thoughts on the Carson Wentz trade? Well, look, for Washington, I think it just speaks to how desperate that team had gotten to get a quarterback, right? They, I think they did a good job last season. I think they were unlucky. They were The process was sound, which is they thought they had a good team. They knew they weren't in a great position to go after a quarterback. So they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they thought, if we get average play out of Ryan Fitzpatrick, we'll be a good team. We'll make the playoffs. We'll make some noise. And then Fitzpatrick lasted a handful of snaps, went down, and the whole plan went to hell, right? The, the defense didn't play well. Everything fell apart. Taylor Heineke didn't give them the kind of play that they thought they might get if they had to turn to Heineke. So then fast forward 12 months time, and we had been talking last year that maybe they were the team that was going to go, you know, short-term quarterback, short-term quarterback, short-term quarterback until they finally stumble into one. Instead, one year of that was enough to make them go, nope, we're going to do something drastic. And Carson Wentz was the thing. And honestly, it feels like an overreaction, a knee-jerk, a correction, an overcorrection in the opposite direction, bringing in a guy like Wentz who, okay, there's some upside there, but I'm not sure you needed to make this kind of move, right? You needed to be this drastic when you could just sign a guy like Jameis Winston off the street for nothing. So you're saying as far as Washington goes, yeah, too desperate here mm-hmm. in the Carson Wentz move. So I'm going to let me just take this from the Colts angle for a minute here. Right. Last year at this time, they traded for Carson Wentz for a conditional or second rounder that became a first rounder conditionally and a third rounder. A year later, they flip Carson Wentz essentially for two threes. One could become a two. Let's pretend that becomes a two. They have a similar condition in there about snap count and all that stuff. Was it worth it for the Colts to take a one year shot at Carson Wentz for essentially trading a first-round pick for a second-round pick, hypothetically. That's that's what it took, right? You traded a first, gave up a first, in exchange for a second, everything else cancels out, for the, one, for the chance that Carson Wentz could be your guy. Or because, you, because your alternative was nothing. And then I'll spin that to the Washington team in a minute, because can they, can they do the same thing? Wentz goes out, has a mediocre season, and then they end up trading him again, or, or, or you just he's just losing value year over year. I mean, I will say this was good damage limitation by Chris Ballard and the, the Indianapolis Colts. I think given what happened with Carson Wentz this season, getting anything back from him, let alone the haul they got, is pretty remarkable. Um, so for their point of view, I understand entirely why they did what they did a year ago. They were in a position where they didn't like the potential way the dominoes were going to fall. They thought they might be out in the cold without a quarterback, and they went and grabbed Carson Wentz. In particular, because they had Frank Reich at head coach, right. who basically stuck his neck out by his own words, right, for Carson Wentz, a guy that he'd coached before in Philadelphia and thought that he could resurrect. Now, where it gets a little bit sketchy is there's a, a great article right now at The Athletic by a guy called Zach Kiefer who wrote about how this thing has been unschooling way before the end of the season, before the Jacksonville collapse and blah, blah, blah. And they had been saying, like, even in the, even in the offseason, like, before Wentz like, played for them, this was not looking good. And, like, that's all on Reich, right? That's on him 
vouching for Carson Wentz as a guy that could be the solution to this team. So if that was never really a thing, if Carson Wentz was always just a bad fit or a bad option for this team, then they made a big mistake relying on Frank Reich's, you know, interpretation of that. And they got lucky, I guess, in being able to mitigate the damage after he's after the collapse. And as for Washington next year, no, I think like it's a miracle they got anything for him this year. If he has another bad year, Washington isn't going to get anything for him. See, I don't think it was luck for the Colts. Look, I, let me just say, I don't, we're not there in the room. We don't know exactly what Wentz is like off the field. And he got, he left Philadelphia in part because he didn't love having a, a second round pick uh, by, of Jalen Hurts. And he, he really collapsed Wentz in, in 2020. He was the worst starting quarterback in the league. So, those things matter in this equation. I, I'm looking at it from this, what I can see, high level, the Colts traded for a mid-tier quarterback, not a top seven quarterback, Dan Orlovsky, a mid-tier quarterback who has played top seven ball before. And so you're kind of taking that chance that he's going to get, even if he's middle class or upper middle class as a quarterback on a good Colts roster, they could do some damage. Is it worthwhile risk? That didn't pay off, but you, but you could always make that move knowing a year from now, which is where we're at right now, someone else is going to be desperate. There's always going to be a desperate team, right? There's always going to be a team that's willing, that, that, that has nothing at yeah, quarterback that has to make that move. You can, only, you can only play badly for so long before it's just not worth it, right? Like... It was worth somebody taking a shot that Sam Darnold was a product of the Jets being terrible, right? But a year removed from that, who's taking that shot now? No, the Sam Darnold thing has run its course. Carson Wentz just had another one of those years. Okay, it was better than 2020, and it was better than Sam Darnold, but it was still not good. Like, he had Frank Reich and everything around him trying to prop him up, and he still imploded to the tune of this team bouncing its its last two games, including against Jacksonville, failing to make the playoffs, him like left-handed lobbing pick sixes. Like, this was a disaster. So for them to turn around and be able to flip him for a couple of decent draft picks and get that contract off their books because Washington was around, I think is, I think is pretty lucky. And hey, it's super, not happening next year. Super Bowl champion Matthew Stafford left-hand lobbed a pick while he was just in the grasp lobbed a pick six too. I'm just saying. That stuff happens too. Um, I, I'm, I'm just trying to say, I, I, I think it's, it's an interesting angle, the totality of Indianapolis and their, their investment in Carson Wentz isn't disastrous. And I think they knew that they kind of had this out at the end. Now, from the commander's standpoint, again, it, it, I mean, it, it's a desperation move. Like, what are the alternatives? Yeah. You've laid out, hey, there's a Jameis Winston out there, or there's a Teddy Bridgewater. And I, and I think it's fair to say, on the free agent market, you could look at Jameis, Teddy, and Marcus Mariota as three guys who could probably give you comparable production as Carson Wentz at a fraction of the price, both financially and from a draft capital standpoint. So I think that's a fair assessment of what the commanders did versus what's on the market. Two of whom graded better than Carson Wentz last year, by the way. Right. Um, so that's the level we're talking about at Wentz. Maybe there's a higher upside, though, frankly, when you're comparing him to Jameis, I would argue that. Um, but the idea that you couldn't get that kind of play for basically nothing, right, for basically signing a guy that is going to come at an, a fraction of the cost with none of the draft picks, I, to me, is laughable. And that's 
leaving aside the the off-field stuff or the attitude or, or whatever we want to talk about this, the character and leadership kind of concerns, you know, people love Teddy. That's the one thing nobody has ever questioned. If that's an aspect of Wentz's character or play that's negative, you know, Teddy might be a better option. So the, now you're if you're the Colts, I think Chris Ballard comes out of this reasonably well in terms of, look, this is a good move to salvage something to not be tied to a sunk cost and to understand and be quoted as saying in, in that article on The Athletic that, you know, you, you you have to swing at a quarterback and then if you miss, you have to keep swinging and you have to keep swinging until you hit the right process. But ultimately, you can only take so many swings and miss before somebody's just going to boot you out of the building for not being able to solve the most important position in the game. So now you're the Colts. What do you do? You're desperate again. Well, they're turned into Jimmy Garoppolo. By the time this is live, they may already be in on Jimmy Garoppolo. So uh, getting Jimmy into a dome. Yeah, you got that nice dome. It's it's an appealing place for QBs. But look, Chris Ballard was put in a tough spot. Andrew Luck retired unexpectedly sure. while he was building a pretty decent roster around him. And then you get put into this position where you have to, you have Philip Rivers. He retires. You take a shot on Carson Wentz. He's not where, what you want him to be. Next shot. Is it Jimmy G? Probably is. And you probably need a good backup just in case he gets, you know, if he gets hurt. So it could be Jimmy G plus exploring Marcus Mariota or somebody comparable in free agency because you don't have a first round pick to draft that next guy as well. They should also be taking stabs in the draft either way if you're the Colts. So, yeah, you have to uncover under every rock. Look for that next quarterback if you're the Colts. I mean, that's the terrifying thing about Jimmy G, if he's the solution, is that he's an almost guaranteed injury problem, right? Both in terms of missing time, which he's done basically every year of his career, or inter- or and or um, when he is playing hurt, he tends to play badly, right? Yeah. So he's probably going to miss some time. And if he battles through some injuries where he can play, but just not play well, he's going to be bad. So that's a pretty terrifying you know, guy to be putting all your eggs in that basket. All right, so bottom line here, the Colts still have to find their next quarterback. They get out from under Carson Wentz. The Commanders upgraded their quarterback position. There's the voice again. There it is. I think they upgraded it with a mid-tier quarterback in Carson Wentz. But is he upper mid-tier or lower mid-tier? Remains to be seen. It's the PFF NFL Daily. 